What's up, everybody? My name is Lindsey Melton Jr. Thank you for lending me your ears, your heart, and your mind. This is the True North Podcast. What up? Back again. Um, thank you so much for lending me your time. I don't know if you saw recently in the news, um, George Floyd uh, was arrested. Mr. Floyd died after being handcuffed and pinned to the ground by an officer's knee to his neck. Uh, and this uh, this was caught on tape on video by a bystander. And I think the I think what's really got me like just in shock was before the video surfaced. This incident was reported as the the arrest of Mr. Floyd. It took place on Monday evening. The Minneapolis Police Department said in a statement that officers had responded to a call about a man suspected of forgery. The police said the man was found sitting on top of a blue car and appeared to be under the influence. He was ordered to step from his car. The department's statement said after he got out, he physically resisted officers. Officers were able to get the suspect into handcuffs and noted he appeared to be suffering medical distress. So they called an ambulance on Tuesday morning without referring to the video recorded by a bystander. The police updated a statement titled man dies after medical incident during police interaction. That's what it was reported as. And then once the video surfaced, they backpedaled and changed their statement. I remember I remember when I was 17 years old, I grew up in Lexington, Tennessee, West Tennessee, West Tennessee. Um, and I remember when I was 17 years old, there was one night. <clears throat> now, back back then, I, uh, I wore clothes that were two to three sizes bigger than my size, you know, my the, the size that I was wearing at that time. Big hoodies, big jeans, um, just everything. And I remember... Um, me and my dad was in his S10. We was getting ready to go inside the gas station to get a couple snacks and a drink. And I had my hoodie on and I had my hood up. And I was getting ready to walk out of the truck and my dad pulled me back inside. And for the next few minutes, he gave me a um, one of those life lessons, those life speeches um, about not giving the police, not giving the public, um, let's just be honest, not giving white people a reason to suspect me. And granted, it wasn't snowing. It was not cold. It was springtime. I had a hoodie on with my hood up. Um, it wasn't raining, so I didn't need the hood on my head, but I was doing it because that's what all my friends did, and that's what we saw rappers on TV do. I mean, it was just a cultural thing. It's what we did. And you know what? I wasn't mad at him. In fact, I was shocked. It was one of those when you realize, like, life isn't what you thought it was. And for the most part, I've taken that speech that he gave me that night, and I've applied it to, you know, the the biggest portion of my life. Everything I do, a lot of times in the public eyes, is filtered through that speech. Even like even even the way I talk sometimes when I'm around certain people, I try to uh, try my best to take uh, as much bass out of my voice as I can and pronunciate my words a little bit better and 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 the the word choice that I use and where my hands are placed and I'm 
like I, I filter um, how I communicate sometimes through that speech. I filter how I approach people through that speech. I feel I even filter how I dress through that speech. But as we are um, becoming deeper and deeper into 2020, I find it very hard for me as an African-American male at the age of 31 years old. I find it very hard to um, to uphold that. Because. We live in a world where. Um, not only are we still judged by our exterior, but um, we aren't asked any questions first. We are shot first. And unless there is a video surfaced revealing the truth, nine times out of ten it will be covered up. And that's scary. That's a very scary thought. This morning, I had the revelation that I, as an African-American male in the country of the United States of America, I am one wrong identification away from being removed from this earth. Let that marinate. I'm going to say it one more time without crying, hopefully. I love my kids, I love my wife, I love my parents, I love my sister, I love my grandparents, I love to play piano, I love to play drums, I love to draw, I love to (laughs) binge watch shows on Netflix, I love to write songs, I love to watch documentaries, yes, I'm a nerd, I love to read comic books. But when I walk out of a building, I am one misidentification, one wrong identification away from being removed from all that, from removed from my kids, removed from my wife, removed from my parents, my sister, all the things that I love to do, removed from this earth. Am I scared of dying? I'm not scared of where I will go when I die because I am one with Jesus. He is one with me. I've accepted him. He is my Lord and Savior. So whenever I leave this earth, I will be in eternity with him. But I'm very fearful of being removed from my kid's life too early. I'm very fearful of that, living in this day and age. I've had a lot of people ask me, how do I, what do I do? How do I help? And I've been a coward and I haven't giving them the solution. So you, the listener, I'm giving you the solution. Well, I'll take that back. It's not the solution, but I'm giving you a, uh, I'm giving you something to try some advice. I just want to be totally honest. I truly feel the more, that white people talk about this. That's when we will start to see some some change. I'll give you a perfect example. Fred Rogers. One of the very famous scenes on uh, Fred Rogers, uh, you know, uh, his his TV show that came on PBS, which I watched it as a kid, faithfully, 
It was very, it was very interesting. I don't know, man. It was just something about his voice that just calmed you. And, you know, he had little puppets, so that was always entertaining for me. But I didn't realize the concepts that he was, um, that he was trying to get through to us, the viewers. Because, you know, I was third grade, second, third grade. But one of the most famous scenes, he, uh, he had a character that was an African-American sheriff. And it just so happened to be a hot summer day. Fred was in his pool, getting his feet wet, trying to cool, trying to cool his body off. And he invites the sheriff over to his pool to swim with him. Now, originally when that particular episode was aired, it was recorded in a time where black people were not allowed to swim in a swimming pool with white people. And if they were allowed, it was very frowned upon by white people. In fact, a lot of times when a black person would be caught swimming in a swimming pool, white people would begin to pour bleach in the swimming pool or ammonia or any type of strong cleaner in the pool while the black people were swimming in there. So when Fred did this, when this white man... Fred Rogers invited this African-American male into the pool with him. He was doing that as a public signal to all people, to anybody that thought that we were lesser than, that we did not deserve to swim in a pool, let alone swim at the same time as a white person. And just like that example, I truly feel like the more that white people talk about how Jim Crow is still around, I believe the more that white people talk about it, the sooner it will get addressed. Will it be eradicated? No, because this is a fallen world. But I believe a lot of it will will calm down. It will tone down. So please, I ask you to do your part. Okay? Because uh, I really want to be around for my kids. I want to be around for my wife. I'm a law-abiding citizen. I do speed. I, I, I give you that. But one day I was speeding because we were late to, uh, we was late for somewhere. And my wife was like, Lindsay, if they catch you speeding, you could possibly die. Because you don't know what type of cop you are going to get. And as she was saying that, I looked in the rearview mirror and I'm looking at my boys and I slowed down because I don't want to be removed from them. Um, a couple of years ago, there was, uh, I followed this, uh, I followed this company. They were doing an interview with uh, Fred Rogers and maybe it was a year, um, more than a couple of years ago. But anyways, they're doing a interview with Fred Rogers and they set up the scenario where um, uh, Fred, he lived in his apartment building and every person in that building had a complaint 
but it was like it was it was social injustice and 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 racism and sexism all these different things that were like i mean just flat out not fair and they asked fred you know like what what would you do they brought him to fred rogers and they said what would you do and uh he had uh he had a couple of replies his first reply was he said i would hope quote uh i would hope that i would be brave enough to visit and then he said it's 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 so easy for us to condemn what we don't know end quote and uh um the producer of the that particular show he you know talked about how he just he felt like you know that was a good answer but still it was kind of canned it was kind of rehearsed it was kind of you know um just surface level so they begin to ask him the same question just in different ways they would you know when they asked the notion behind him being brave you know they were like what what is that what what does being kind to your neighbor have to do with bravery or courage right and this is his response he says perhaps we think we won't find another human being inside that person that we hate Perhaps we think that maybe there are people in this world that I can never communicate with. So I'll just give up before I try. End quote. If Jesus could get on a cross and give his life for those that loved him and hated him, you and I, we cannot judge a person by the color of their skin. We can refuse to judge a person by the color of their skin. My kids, they inspire me a lot. If you're a parent, I would assume the same is for you. <clears throat> the, uh, the other night, the, uh, the other night, our oldest son, he was, oh my gosh, he was wilding out. So I had to correct him. Um, nothing, nothing super crazy, but I was telling my mom about it, and uh, and uh, she's like, Lindsay, I I really appreciate you discipline your children and the logic behind why you do it. And I didn't expect that from her, but I was like, yeah, mom. Like, um, I mean, I'd, obviously the way they act at home is the way they're going to act in public. And unfortunately, yes, they may be mixed, but still the wrong person can see that they do have African-American in them and they may judge them, but it's solely off of that. But, you know, what they do at home, I don't want them to think that you know, them wilding out at home. I don't want them to think that that's something they can do in public because they get around the wrong person. And uh, unfortunately, with the world that we live in, they could be removed from this earth. So just as my dad enlightened me, unfortunately, one day I will have to have that same conversation with both of my kids. I get nervous. I think like, what, what will I say? How deep do I go? Obviously I have to go deep enough for it to make an impact. Friends at school worse. 
I remember um, as a kid in uh, second grade, my mom made me sit down and we watched Mississippi Burning. Woo! You've ever seen that movie? Yeah. The next day, <clears throat> the next day, <laughs> my mom gets a call from my school because uh, <laughs> I can laugh about this now, um, but because I was refusing to do work because I told my white teacher that we had done enough work, it was time for them to pick up the hammer nails and sweat. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, I didn't get a spanking or anything like that for that because um, I didn't come to that revelation until my mom introduced me to burning, Mississippi burning. But, you know, she did, um, she did kind of... Uh, she gave me talk and 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 helped bring me to a you know a vantage point to where I was able to balance it out. But like for a solid week, y'all, I hate for a solid week when I was in second grade after watching that movie. But she helped balance me out. And as a parent, African American father, that's what I'm going to have to do with my kids after I revealed to them what the world is like still is my job to balance them out. And it's our job to walk a balanced life. Not a bunch of highs, not a bunch of lows, but just a balanced life. You know, me giving you that example of um, the logic behind what I'm doing with my children, it's, it, that's an example of parenting for the future. I believe as parents, that's what we were supposed to do. We were supposed to not only be with our child in the current moment, in the present moment, but we are to parent them for the future. We are to raise them. We are to to train them, to shape them, not to be like us, but we are to prepare them for the future as best as we can, physically, mentally, emotionally. But intentionality and preparation are twins. Let that marinate. So if you want to be an intentional parent, you need to embrace preparation. I have um, I found myself becoming more and more um, open to publicly, especially if you're in a if you are in a position of leadership or authority. Please don't shy away from this. So right now, Father God, Lord, I uh, I ask your grace and your mercy and your peace and your comfort. Your word, Father God, says that you are the God of all comfort. So I pray that you be with the Floyd family. I pray that you be with the Floyd family. Wrap your loving arms around them. Comfort them. Not just the Floyd family, but anybody that has suffered um, that has suffered an injustice. Doesn't matter whether they caused it or not. Doesn't matter if they look suspicious or not. At the end of the day, injustice is injustice. And you are the great vindicator. Yes, you're the great vindicator. All those that are listening, give us the courage, the strength, and the bravery. 
to be the voice of the voiceless, to speak up for those that the world refuses to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Be blessed and holla at you next week.